Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 78. And today we are joined by Axel Kal- Kalanjan. I'm so sorry if I said that incorrectly, but you will correct me and you will say it right. Axel, how are you? Hi, Joanne. I'm fine, and I'm so glad for the opportunity to, to, to talk and chat with you and, and talk about women empowerment in the Caribbean. Thank you so much. Yes, and thank you so much for joining me. You're my Caribbean boss lady. So tell us how we say your full name, Axel, and your surname. Okay. This is Axel Colangeon. This is an Indian-rooted uh, name, oh. and you know... There was uh, an Indian immigration in Guadeloupe after uh, slavery was uh, abolished. Yes. And my father is Indian. Uh, that's it. <laughs> oh, Indian from, from the country of India itself. Yes, okay, that's it. And, uh, the name is a kind of uh, 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 Frenchy now, but uh, it's Colangeon. Uh, oh, I guess um, in India it's pronounced Colangeon. Okay, and this is after, this is when the Indians came to the Caribbean to replace the slave system to work as indentured servants. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. Yes. All right, good. Well, Axel Colongean, thank you so much. Axel is from Guadeloupe. She is a professor of philosophy and a journalist. She's also held the position of director of communications at the Ministry of Trade and Industry of Haiti. And she was once a consultant in political communication for the Inter-American Development Bank in Haiti. She's the co-founder of the Pan-Caribbean Information website. In 2008, she also collaborated in the column of Social Progress, which is a Guadalupe newspaper. She's also a co-author with Mylene, my other friend Mylene from Guadalupe. The journalistic book uh, titled Abekader LKP. Um, analytical keys and criticisms of the movement. Axel is now director of the firm Axel Calangean Consulting, which specializes in political communication, crisis management, and Caribbean cooperation and diplomacy. She's also the founder of Caribbean Boss Lady and its podcast Objective Boss Lady, right? Yes, you got it right. And, awesome. Um... <laughs> yeah. and... Since the beginning of this year, uh, I've been appointed chief of staff for mayor in Guadeloupe. And uh, what I didn't say is that I'm also the proud mother of a wonderful, smart, Haitian, Guadeloupean, five years old boy. Oh, my goodness. And that, I'm sure, is your most important role, being the mom of a boy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today and for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on. And Axel today is going to be discussing with us her vision for women empowerment across the Caribbean region. But Axel, before we get into that topic, can you tell us just a little bit more about you, your background, and how you got into the work that you're doing now? Okay, long story. <laughs> okay. So you said it, John. I'm a. a young Guadeloupean woman in love with our region, the Greater Caribbean. And I come from a little rural town in Guadeloupe, Petit Canal, which mm-hmm. has a rich post-colonial history. Mm-hmm. And I believe, like I said, having been raised in a mixed family since my father is an Indian Guadeloupean and my mother has African roots, mm-hmm. I believe this 
taught me how to appreciate and love more our Caribbean heritage, diversity and culture. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I'm a young professional and entrepreneur working in politics, communication and crisis management in the Caribbean mm -hmm. since uh since well it seems like forever for me because i've been doing this since i was studying philosophy and law in paris um basically my thing is make people win elections and make of them good and fair leaders aware of their people's needs this has become so important in my life since most of people know me for this uh, it's so important in my life that some, a lot of friends and clients keep on calling me the Caribbean Olivia Pope. <laughs> Even if I tell them I have no sexy president boyfriend and I do not kill people. Mm. So <laughs> yeah. that's who that's I am and that's what I love doing. And like I, like I said, I'm, I'm a proud mother of a little boy and... That's why you can understand easily how concerned I can be by question about women leadership and empowerment in our region and how working mothers, especially single mothers, because I am a single mother, mm -hmm. uh, can achieve great things for our community. And this is why I founded almost two years ago, CaribbeanBossLady.com a annual network and also a website where women can find daily inspiration to achieve their goals and find motivation to achieve great things and step out their comfort zone to be leaders and empowered women. Fantastic. And what I really like is that you are my Caribbean sister from the French Caribbean. And I love that we get to connect and we get to speak because so many times I feel like you know, we in the Caribbean, and I know it's something that's done in Africa as well. We separate, we segregate ourselves based on our colonial masters. You know, we say, oh, I am yes. French Caribbean, yes. and you are English Caribbean, and you are Spanish Caribbean, and it's just so ridiculous, you know, because we're all, we're all Caribbean. <laughs> Caribbean, one Caribbean. And you know, my greatest dream for this region is one day we can call, how to say, the United States of Caribbean. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that we can uh, uh, um, uh, put apart our past, colon our colonial past, like you said, and we can focus on what unites us and what on what uh, uh, divides us because what unites us in the caribbean is, tr is stronger yeah. and i do believe that one day uh, our leaders our political uh, leaders will take the leadership on uniting um the caribbean of course, there is, there is, you know, CARICOM and other associations of state uh, to yeah. make the cooperation work. But I do believe that one day, uh, if we do take seriously uh, our future as uh, one Caribbean people, we have to step uh, to this United States of Caribbean. Of course. And I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say that we should neglect the fact that language is a barrier because i mean i don't speak french i don't speak spanish obviously i studied spanish so many years i studied french so many <laughs> years but i still don't know a lick of it because language learning language is not my forte okay but um i mean i still think that despite 
you speaking French and Spanish and all the, you know, the Dutch and all the wonderful languages that we have throughout the Caribbean region, we're still Caribbean people and we have a shared history and a shared culture. And I would really like us to, to see us move beyond, like you say, CARICOM and become the United States of the Caribbean and somehow learn to communicate with each other. So I'm really excited just being able to, to speak to you and Mylene as well. And I also have had a few women from French Guiana. So it's, um, it's really nice just to be able to talk to the women from the different parts of the Caribbean. Yes, and, and it's also the magic of the internet, you know, because uh, our generation has this responsibility. We got all the tools, all these ICTs at our service, and we have to do something valuable and meaningful for our region with all these ICTs and opportunity that we have to communicate and, and, to, and to say this is the region, this is the Caribbean that we want to build together, uh, even if we don't speak the same language, but we are one Caribbean and we have to use this, uh, all these ICTs to do those. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So you have had quite a career. You've done lots uh, throughout <laughs> the region and it looks like you spent a lot of your career in Haiti as well, another, another country in the Caribbean that we admire and love. Haiti. Yeah, Haiti, St. Martin, Guadeloupe, and yes, because I, I began working in this field, political communication and strategy, when I was very young. I, I, I still uh, studied uh, in Paris when I began. Uh, I, was, I was, if I remember well, almost 17 or, or, or 18 when I began. Uh, I began with writing speeches for political uh, leaders. <laughs> That's how it, it all began, because um, people uh, knew that I, I loved writing and, and I loved philosophy, and that was not quite a common thing. A Caribbean woman uh, who loved philosophy and writing so much in my, in my, in my hometown, because like I said, it's a very rural uh, a town, Petit Canal, and people uh, lived over there from agriculture and, and tourism a little bit. And we have a colonial and uh, past, which is very painful. And people over there are still in the agriculture field. So mm -hmm. a woman who, who live to study philosophy, uh, it's not common. And so very early people came at me to write letters, to write speeches for them. And this is why it all began, because it's not, uh, I, I've always loved politics because my family uh, is very politically aware. But I've never imagined when I was a young lady that I would have a career in politics and, and in strategy, uh, in political strategy especially. So this is how it all began because some people, some great political leader saw in me this potential and they believed in me, they gave me this chance this chance without even knowing that for me that it was a chance and the beginning of a career. So I'm only, I want to say, uh, 34 years old. <laughs> That's 34 years young, yeah? <laughs> yes, it's still young. 
but I had the chance to to meet great leaders who became my mentors and and who and who made me aware of my potential. So I'm all that I am today thanks to them. And my first mentor was my mother and my grandmothers. Mm. There was a who believed in me and who told me, okay, I can see that you can do something very special with your life. And we're going to put a strategy together so that you can go to Paris and studies, study what you want to study and become who you want to become. And that was quite not common in my hometown because like I told you, this is a little town in Guadeloupe. You yeah. got even and yes, at, when I was a teenager, my mother saw the opportunity uh, uh, which was offered to me. And I, I remember that when she first bought uh, a computer connected to internet for me, it was back in 1998. Uh, it was a new thing and not everybody in Guadeloupe was connected. And I remember when I had access to internet and to the world, that was uh, like a revelation for me. And this is when I decided to, 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 to travel the world and to study philosophy because I found that philosophy uh, was the right, uh, the right thing to, to give me uh, this, um, I don't know how to say it in English, uh, discipline, you know, uh, yeah. the, the right, yes, discipline and the right mindset, logical mindset to help me to achieve whatever I wanted. Because when I was 17, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just, mm. I just, uh, I was just aware, thanks to my mother and my grandmother, that I had talent and, and some uh, nice skills in writing and, and, uh, and scientific uh, disciplines. And, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I was sure of one thing. I wanted to be uh, um, a person who can think by herself mm. and, and understand the world as it's going and, and, as, uh, and have an impact, a positive impact on my world. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. So now let's jump into the topic your vision for women entrepreneurs throughout the Caribbean region. So what is your vision for women entrepreneurs throughout the region? Or women empowerment, women empowerment rather. I think that women empowerment is really necessary because um, most of the time us women faced some discriminations and or, or we don't we are not always aware of our talents and and uh, skills and potentials let, let me first uh, start by by saying uh how it all starts caribbean boss lady so that you can understand mm-hmm. where come from mm-hmm. i had this idea of a place uh, a network where caribbean women could talk about their professional challenges, strategies to beat difficulties of discrimination. Um, and, and that began when I was very, very young, because being a black Caribbean woman in Paris, studying philosophy, then again, it was not common and discrimination was my daily life. Mm. But yes, and I considered I was too young 
to launch such a project and have no 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 legacy to to share so I, I waited a lot of time, maybe 10 years before launching this project. Okay. Uh, yes, and because since I was young, I've always worked in what could be considered like exclusive, exclusively uh, uh, main jobs, you know, politics, strategy, high-level expertise, required state job, entrepreneurship. Uh, in Guadeloupe, people don't expect women on this and this is my daily life since I was young and I've decided to launch Caribbean Boss Lady that come two years ago when I found myself in a how can I say that delicately in a very uncomfortable professional situation I had been called to manage an electoral campaign in a Caribbean island next to Guadeloupe. I had no friends or family over there. Mm -hmm. And motivated by this challenge, and I gave my very best, but still, I did face gender-based discriminations. And it was very painful for me because I was all alone with my son over there. And even if I was doing the job, some men and even women, that's the most difficult for me, tried to silence me and, and hide my talent and expertise by trying to mm -hmm. appropriate my work. Mm -hmm. And that was unbearable for me. And in comparison, I can say that it can be felt like cultural appropriation. Uh, you feel warped and, and there is this great feeling of injustice. And the no return point for me when, um, when uh, I'm in, uh, in position of leadership in this campaign uh, uh, was for me when, when this man asked me for extra hours late at night, knowing that I'm a single mother living in an island where I had no family. Uh -huh. So, uh, everything I had for, for my child over there, I had to pay for it. Child care, for example. And being given that it was for extra hours, I told him, look, it will be a pleasure for me. I will not charge you, but you will have to pay for, for my child care if you want me to work extra hours late at night. Right. Yes, his reaction and the candidate's reaction was something so violent for the professional and the mother that I am that they basically told me I had to feel lucky enough because they thought that I was already paid too much for what I was doing for a woman. This is violent. So there were two grown men who needed, needed my expertise and tried to get it for almost free by trying to diminish what I was bringing on the table. Basically, strategy to make them win an election. <laughs> this is uh, crazy. Yeah. And not, not only they did that, but they also tried to sil silence me as a person. And this is when I said to myself, okay, Axel, stop. You cannot keep on being a nice employee, a nice person, the good student, nice girl who let some incompetent men appropriate her expertise and try to silence her. It's time to stand up, share your experience, and be the boss you deserve to be. And 
I do remember I was still working with those machos when I launched CaribbeanBossLady.com and they tried to silence it too by telling me that Caribbean Boss Lady was a worthless initiative. And when oh my, my God. Wow. Oh my God, that's what I'm telling you, Joanne, that was so violent. And this mm. is what I believe gave me the strength to keep going with Caribbean Boss Lady and share my experience with other women. And when my contract was finished with them, I knew, I knew deep inside that never, ever after this, I would let anyone appropriate my work and treat a woman like this anymore, especially in the professional field and when the woman is competent, you know. And this is when I decided to, to work so hard with Caribbean Boss Lady to share experience, to, 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 to showcase all the women's talents and achievements so that other women can feel inspired to, to own their leadership and never, never be silenced again. Okay, I do have a question for you. Do you think the Caribbean woman is, is an empowered woman? I think that naturally, Caribbean women have power. But I don't think that they realize how powerful they are sometimes. You know, we um, have this uh, expression in Guadeloupe and in Haiti and Martinique too, Potomito. Uh, you know, it's a central, uh, uh, the central post who holds the whole house, you know, when you build a house. And I hate this expression with a patient because potomitan means that uh, um, the Caribbean woman accepts anything from a man. She, she has children with uh, an absent man. The uh -huh. guy is never there to take care of the family. And she's taking care of everything for everybody. And she just forgets herself in all that. Uh -huh. And she does not to realize how powerful she is by by managing a family and most of the time running a little business so that she can feed her children because she's a single mother most of the time this is our reality caribbean women do too uh, so this is the daily life of most of Caribbean women. And sometimes in this, you know, rush of the daily life for, for feeding the children, running a business, they forget that they are powerful uh, human being. And I don't think they realize that because we have, um, we have accepted so easily that uh, men can silence us, that men can be leaders thanks to our work and that we have a place in the house or, or a place in a, in a, at our office, uh, but not as a leader, that uh, I decided with other uh, boss ladies that we have to, to show Caribbean women, that we can be more than that, that we can be more than potomitan only, that we can be more than just the, uh, the nice assistant, that we can be more than the nice uh, cases, the nice women who always help men to be leaders. We can be leaders too. And this is why we founded uh, uh, Objective Post Lady 2, the podcast with Milen. And so basically what we do is to 
to, to showcase women talents and to, to chat like we do today, uh, to chat in French with uh, Guadeloupian, Martinican, Viennese, French-speaking Caribbean women uh, who are entrepreneurs or, or political leaders also. And these women tell us their stories. Okay. They share the stories, they share their difficulties, and specifically uh, gender-based difficulties. And not only the difficulties, but also the strategies that they developed to, to beat these difficulties. And uh, the, um, the first difficulty that most of these women uh, meet, especially very, very competent women, is this famous uh, um, sailing glass, you know, when you are a professional lady and that, um, especially if you're working in a male uh, dominant uh, um, uh, uh, activity, uh, there is this uh, fame, uh, um, this uh, sailing glass, which is very, very hard to break if you don't network, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have a developed strategy to keep on uh, progressing and, and be on top. This is what we're doing with the podcast and with Caribbean Boss Lady, with Milen. Okay. I remember uh, speaking to someone once and I said to them, we're talking about the Caribbean. This person is not from the Caribbean. And I said, so what are your impressions of Caribbean women? What do you think of them? And they said, oh, Caribbean women are exotic. They're exotic and they're pretty. They're beautiful. Oh, my God. I said, I said that's it? And they said, yeah. And I thought, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have a word for that in, in Creole French. It's called doudouism uh, from the word doudou, yes. which means uh, darling, uh, right? Darling. Honey, darling, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know doudou, I know doudou you know, yes. Uh -huh. Yes. And this is such uh, um, a violent colonial stereotype from for Caribbean women. It is. And that it they're is. exotic and, and they're pretty and they have these exotic, beautiful bodies right. and da da da. Always ready to give sexual favors. Mm -hmm. And we cannot keep on uh, with these uh, stereotypes anymore. And that's that all we're trying to do with the podcast and with Caribbean Boss Lady that come too. Because women are already, Caribbean women especially, are already more than that okay and they just have to be aware of that and sometimes you know um, it just lack uh, it just uh, lacks uh, role models it's it doesn't mean that we don't have uh, uh, female successful role models in the Caribbean it's just that we as women uh, don't know how to network and how to 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 showcase our talents, ambition, what we are capable of. And men do that naturally, especially in their professional uh, environment. But we as women have so so much um, gave up our power for other that we have to learn again how to to conquest back this power and to showcase it. Not power for power. It's a power that we have to develop and to own because some women 
sometimes feel, this is what I, I, I have observed from my experience, some women sometimes feel that they can be a leader and they are this, um, do you say that in English, imposter, imposter, imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. And this is uh, such a woman disease, imposter syndrome. Uh, a woman, woman who are capable of, of greeting, always questioning their, their legitimacy. Men do not that. <laughs> yes. Men do not that. And, and we as women, we have to learn how to own our power and, and leadership. This is what we are trying to do with, with Caribbean Boss Lady and with Milan, with Objective Boss Lady. We showcase uh, women talent. And also we have this uh, personal uh, coaching session with women who, who try to launch their business and women who, who try to, to run in politics too. So it's, um, it's a global project and uh, we are trying to, to make understand to, to women and not only women, but also uh, men in Guadeloupe and French speaking Caribbean because uh, an empowered woman, it's not just um, for a feminist uh, ideology that we are trying to, to, to show how women can be empowered in the Caribbean, but uh, when you, you, you see all the statistics of uh, developed countries who work a lot on uh, uh, reducing the gender the gender pay gap, uh, you see that the economy keep on growing. And it's, it's the real, real necessity in the Caribbean, since you know how our economies are, uh, to have empowered women and especially economically empowered women. Because a woman who is empowered um, um, is also most of the time in our region a woman who who is financially independent. If this woman uh, earn more money and can pretend to equal pay, this is a woman who will reinject money in the economy, and it's for the good of everyone, not only women, not only for a feminist ideology. It's. Uh, it's a question of what kind of society we want mm-hmm. in the 21st century. You know, do we, do we want um, uh, education for everyone? Do we want to encourage women and tell them they simply can? Do we make it easier for working mom? Do we want to, to stop silencing women or, you know, what kind of society do we want? It's not only a question uh, about women. It's a question of fair and just society. So that's it. Uh, women empowerment, you know, today for me, it's just like back in the days, what um, fighting against racism was. Yes, yes, for sure. And what, it, what does it mean to you to be empowered? Do you have a definition that you'd like to share with us? Wow, <laughs> this is a great question. For me, being empowered first is to be aware of one's uh, talents, 
capacity and owning your ambition to be a successful woman. And not only successful woman, but also an assertive woman uh, who plays her leadership without feeling guilty. This is for me what is being empowered. But it's not, um, uh, it's not only that. Being empowered for me also means that you can share some of your a bit uh, a piece of your power with other women that you can see that need to be empowered so that they can empower other women after you so that everybody can can work for a better and a fair and more fair society for sure for sure so we've asked we've discussed uh, whether you think caribbean women are empowered and i've asked you what your definition of empowerment is. Okay, so we know what empowerment is, and we know that there's some work to do. So there's a big gap. So how do we then um, work towards empowering women throughout the, the, the very vast, and it's important for people to understand the very vast, the very diverse, yes. the very yeah. culturally rich um, region that is the Caribbean, which spans num numerous countries. You know, it starts from the 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 south of florida and it goes as far south all the way down to south america okay all and in south america and you have as far east as barbados and you have as far west as countries in central america like belize and panama and so on so it's a big region so how do we then um fix fix our empowerment issue if we can say it like that yeah, you know, the, the, as vast is the region, as vast is, uh, is a task. <laughs> you know? um, uh, like anywhere else, um, the, the recipe is not extraordinary. It's known. Uh, we just have to put together strategies to fight all kinds of inequalities and teach women that they can, that they are fully capable of succeeding in whatever they want and we have for that to work on uh, uh, how we can um, um, encourage women and girl educations showcase world models the question of world models is really really important because if a woman or a little girl uh, can see i don't know uh, uh, a Portia simpson miller uh, today or uh, in Guadeloupe, they can say to themselves, okay, this is a woman like me who looks just like me uh, um, and she faced uh, the same difficulties as me So, and she succeeded. Uh, so what can I do, me, to succeed so that I can be this Portia Simpson Miller of Laura Chinchilla of whatever successful Caribbean lady tomorrow. So the question of showcasing world models is important. And we have also to work on how we can reduce gender gap pay. Uh, when I see French statistics for Guadeloupe and Martinique and Guyana, French Guyana, for example, the statistics show that women are 25% less paid in comparison with men. This is huge. This is very huge. And 
we also have to, to work on how to make it easier for working men to, to find a balance between professional and personal life. We also have to work on how we can connect women together so that they can share not only their difficulties and struggles, but also their strategies to win. Um, you know, men have been doing this since forever uh, yeah. with boys club we have a long history of boys club especially british boys club and yeah. in the caribbean it's uh, the model has been duplicated and uh, there are informal networks of men too and this is where caribbean boss lady something like like caribbean boss lady can be useful we are trying to connect women of other Caribbean together and especially French uh, speaking women and uh, all the women too, so that we can benefit from each other experiences. And this is what we are doing today also, Joanne. So the first thing for me is to, to stand up and have the courage to speak and share your story as a woman, the difficulty. It's not always easy as a professional woman uh, to speak, to talk about the difficulties that you had as a, as a woman and discrimina discriminations yeah, that you have to face, especially in... Um, you know, this men, uh, this men job such as mine. Uh, a lot of time I had, I had to face not sexual harassment, but sexist harassment, you know, mm -hmm. sexist harassment. And because you are, I was a woman, I am a woman, I had some time to, 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 to play low profile, not to make lots of noise, because if I understood that uh, these people, if I had stood up and, 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 sp and speak, uh, they, they would have treated me like I heard them treated as a lady, like, sorry for, for the word, uh, like a bitchy or bossy. But what we have to understand is that no woman deserves to be treated in such a way, even in your professional life. And for a long time, I felt so guilty because I kept silenced uh, years, during years and years. And, you know, there's no returning point I talk about when, um, when I, I, I decided to launch Caribbean Boss Lady was a revelation for me and i understood that it is time for us caribbean millennials to to be um very proactive to fight all kind of inequalities when it comes to women and the best way that we have to do that is to speak to talk mm -hmm. about and to connect women with other women and, and to share our experience. And we have a chance, a great chance today is that we have the internet, we have all yes. the social medias. And this is why I believe so much in our generation because we have all the tools to, 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 to change our society, our world for 
best a best where the better place for women and not only for women but for men too because i told you i'm the mother of a five years old boy uh, half haitian half Guadeloupian, and i know that how we do perpetuate even us as women mm-hmm. uh, uh, sexist uh, education with our boys and we as women as have to understand that we have a great role to play in how we educate our boys our sons to be uh, 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 better better uh, as men tomorrow better boss bosses for women or better uh, um, you know how to say that um, better team workers with women because and understand that sometimes a woman uh, can be your boss and it's natural and mm. it's natural and mm. this is all that we are trying to put together with a podcast and Caribbean facility and yes it takes a lot it takes a lot of energy and time but we believe Milan and I that it's a cause worth uh, fighting for Right. And okay, I picked up a few things based on what you said. It sounds like you're saying Caribbean women need to be more visible. Uh, yes. They need to raise their voice. They need to work harder and better at connecting with other Caribbean women. And through those connections, building uh, strong bonds and strong relationships, which will facilitate the change that, that is required. Exactly, and another 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 uh, level of um, working for uh, an employment is for me um, how women who have succeed can be good mentors for other women because sometimes um, the 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 most the, the most difficult person or the most mean person the more sorry a uh, person with woman is another woman mm. and uh, yes uh, especially in professional area when you have competition and uh, some women can become, uh, really I, I, I don't want to speak bad but sometimes we are our worst enemies, women mm-hmm. on other women. And we have to understand that when it comes to business or, or professional area and the success of women in general, in general, business cannot simply be business. You know, the same when there were uh, positive discrimination for black people mm-hmm. uh, in some countries, we have to understand that if us women um, uh, begin to to have a bad attitude, a bad way of treating other women, other people, meaning men, will feel entitled to do so. So we have to to how to say that um we are trying at last with with uh, the podcast and caribbean boss lady to see how we can teach 
uh, women to be better vision of, the, of themselves by uh, empowering other women without all this, you know, competition, jealousy, which, uh, which can exist between women sometimes and understand that a woman who succeeds is a great chance for other women because if we can understand that a successful woman can open doors for other women, it will be the beginning of the revolution for, for women in the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so this is your mission with Caribbean Boss Lady. What else would you like to do with this project? Long term, what would you, would you like it to remain a podcast or do you have other ideas? Okay, we have those ideas that we, we began to implement uh, in September with Milan because there is Caribbean Boss Lady, the network, and Objective Boss Lady. Objective meaning goal in English. Uh -huh. So uh, Objective Boss Lady, and, uh, which is uh, a partnership between Milan Colmar and Caribbean Boss Lady. Uh -huh. And... We, we had uh, in um, uh, three months ago uh, organized a professional delegation in Haiti mm -hmm. because I was invited um, by Daniel and Jacques uh, to be keynote speaker for the International Summit of Women in ICTs in Haiti. And uh, since I have been working in, in Haiti, um, Milan told me, okay, why don't you organize with us, with a podcast, a professional delegation, a business delegation, um, so that women can travel in the Caribbean and see all the, the business and professional and even personal sometimes uh, opportunity in our region. And we tried that. And we traveled with a delegation of nine uh, female entrepreneurs mm -hmm. from Guadeloupe and Martinique in Haiti. And it was such a, such a success. We made uh, ministers, deputies, senators, businesswomen, and all the ladies in the delegation uh, left Haiti with a lot of ideas of launching business, not only in Haiti, but, but in, their, in their countries. And we, when we saw the success of this delegation, Milan and I decided that with Objective Boss Lady, we try to do that more often, especially for events uh, uh, focused on uh, uh, ICTs. So our next project is to, to run and to lead a delegation, business delegation in Ivory Coast in November for Africa Web Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we have other projects such as um, IRL events like uh, um, networking brunches or um, also a book club or, you know, film club uh, about women empowerment, of course. And, and we have... Uh, all the project, but uh, I get that when this project will be implemented, <laughs> we have to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Now, I want to, uh, to give the conversation a little bit of a twist. What about Caribbean women who live abroad, those who've migrated? Because we know that migration is a big part of the Caribbean experience. Yes. Okay? 
Um, many women, I read an article once a long time ago about the feminization of migration. It was really interesting. But anyway, um, women migrating out of the Caribbean who go away and they, you know, Caribbean women tend to do, they do quite well when they move abroad, whether it's to Europe, US, wherever they go. What role do you think they, they can play um, if they're interested in playing a role, mind you, in empowerment of women back home if it's something they want to be involved in because they have uh, they're in a position where they they've lived at home and they've lived abroad so they have both perspectives yeah. this is a huge question and i do believe that not only women but men also they of do course. have yeah they do have a, a great part to to play in in uh, how we as caribbean native can be successful in our countries because, um, and, and I consider the Caribbean diaspora as a chance because there is uh, this international, uh, um, uh, how to say that, this, um, this international network and capacity of action and, and to fund also local actions, I do believe that they are uh, our best ambassadors sometimes. And, and the way uh, um, I think about it is almost a political way because uh, I take as example um, uh, a deputy that I know in Haiti, the Honorable Jerry Tardieu, deputy of Pétionville, who, who is working on a reform of Haiti constitution because you know Haiti constitution excludes the diaspora for uh -huh. the vote and yes for the vote and and it's and it's I find it very difficult for for the country because um uh, even if you are Haitian but if you have another nationality or uh, citizenship you cannot run in your own country, even if you have succeeded abroad, or even if you are uh, uh, very educated and you are one of the finest elites in your country, you cannot play a role. And of course, not all the Caribbean territories are like Haiti, but the, the, the logic behind how uh, the way that we, we do work with the diaspora is the same. And this deputy, Jerry Tardieu, is, um, is doing a wonderful work of reflection and reform. And he's trying to, to explain to his country how diaspora is important uh, to, for the economy because they do send money, let's say the thing straight, they send money to their family in the country and when they come back in the country, like uh, as local tourists, um, they do uh, put some cash in the economy. So the diaspora is vital for um, for the country and things you know in french we say that le voyage for la jeunesse meaning that uh, when you travel the world you can uh, you can find yourself and be a better person so when you travel and you have experience um uh, all the countries uh, uh, model you can um you can uh, larger your vision and and and, uh, and work 
with your people in your country to give them some ideas some and bring back some good um, practices so that people can be empowered too. So I do believe that diaspora in general, and especially women, mm-hmm. uh, are a great part to play in, in our not only economical, but also human uh, development in the Caribbean. Absolutely. And I love what you said about, you know, when you go abroad and all the things you learn, you can apply back home or teach yes. back home. Yeah. yeah, yeah yes, yeah. it's a way, it's a way. And I do believe, I can understand easily because I have been in this situation. I can understand easily uh, a woman or a man who, who went abroad and studies and, and come back home and do not find any position. Uh-huh. Um, um, any comfortable or valuable position after all the sacrifices and study studies he or or she uh, did abroad. Uh, but then again, it's a question of vision of what society do we want? Do we want things to be easy for us, or do we want to be architect of? a better Caribbean and to be a better uh, uh, an architect of a better Caribbean requires sacrifices meaning that okay you know that you are working not only for you not only for your family but for a bigger picture which is uh, a better and uh, uh, a fair Caribbean and it requires sacrifices it, it, it means that you can be you can be graduated, you can have all your diplomas, but you have to understand that our region has a struggling economy and that if you, um, you, you choose um, the easy way and, and stay all your life abroad, because I can understand that, and you don't give back to your country, to your territory, you have failed as a son of your of your nation. We have we had a a, um, a philosopher in Guadeloupe uh, called uh, Cyril Serva. He had this concept of um, in French le sens du pays. I don't even know how I can translate that in English, but I, I can say maybe um, the way the way the country goes and. Le sens du pays means that you can put your individuality apart at least for a period uh, of time and say, okay, what can I do for my country? Mm. How can I give back to my fellow citizens? Okay, you don't have to do that all your life, but at least give the best of you uh, for a time or, or for a cause or for a project, you know, because we can understand people. Or everyone cannot, cannot endure difficulties and economic difficulties because as a single mother, I can understand that mm. if a, another single mother does not find a work a valuable work so that she can feed a son or, or that she will have one day or another the choice to stay and literally uh, uh, almost die because it, the desperation can be very, very difficult. And another choice to, to travel 
and to find a work elsewhere. And this is, this is, in, this is in our history also, Caribbean people to travel the world because uh, the, the way that our societies has been, has been uh, made is first a history of travel. Yes. Uh, it, Yes, <laughs> even we are, if, we are we are migrant people. You know, we are made up yes. of people that come from all over the world. And I always yes. say to people, one of the benefits of being from the Caribbean is that we are highly adaptable because we travel. Exactly. We have to travel. We're always moving. You know, you find Caribbean people in every corner on this planet. And for some people, that they they may not understand that, but it's just a culture of migration. It's a culture of moving for opportunity. And, but I think that's also an advantage because you can adapt and you can go anywhere and you can get on with life, yeah, you know? It's a great advantage. And this is what Edouard Glissant called the, the creolization of the world. Yeah. Because we have this capacity as Caribbean people to, to make a synthesis of what is best in every experience, culture, history that we can experience and make something very, very powerful of it. And for me, uh, even if uh, you, you live abroad, you from the diaspora, uh, you, over, you always have a, a valuable role, a, a great part to, to play. And if you have this high, idea of citizenship of what is a nation what is a people you have to give back to your region one day or another and it can be uh, uh, with several ways i know people like rihanna for example fund uh, schools uh, um, I know, I know people who do not live in the Caribbean full time, but uh, succeeded our Caribbean successful people abroad, and who found things here or um, showcased Caribbean talent abroad too. Uh, you know, when you have people like Marcel Montano who will be in Guadeloupe next uh -huh. week. Uh -huh. uh, Keep on spreading Caribbean culture and music, and and you know keep on spreading these good vibes, and and don't forget where he comes from. This is a way also to give back to your to your region, to the Caribbean, and it's not only the money; it's it's also the attitude that you have. It's also that this image that you uh, that you uh, that you show as a caribbean person and this is there are so many ways to give back to the caribbean and yes of course diaspora has part to play perfect and i want to to say to to read something that i found um the united nations uh, develop five components to better explain women's empowerment, okay? And yeah. these are the five component, components. The first one is a woman's sense of self-worth. The second yeah. one is a woman's right to have and determine her choices, also known as agency, okay? The third one is her right to have access to opportunities and resources. The fourth one is her right to have the power to control her own life both within the home and outside the home. And lastly, fifth, finally, her ability to influence the direction of social change to create a more just social and economic order 
nationally, both nationally and internationally. So this is how the UN uh, defines the empowered woman. Yes, they are famous uh, goals, UN goals for... for uh, development uh, goals, yeah. Yeah, development goals. And of course, we do agree with that, uh, Milan and I. Uh, and uh, without even uh, trying to fit in new uh, goals, uh, we are just doing what we feel, us as women, is fair. And yes, uh, and this is exactly um, the way we perceive an empowered woman and, and how and what women and empowerment uh, must uh, help women to to achieve and you know um more than goals wheat and goals what we are trying to do with caribbean this lady objective this lady the podcast is to showcase um individuals experiences because um there is nobody uh, as than a woman who can inspire better another woman. This is my point of view and <laughs> Milan's point of view, and we can see uh, on a daily on a daily basis that it does works. It does works. What women have to do uh, is to connect one another and share their experiences, even if there there is no perfect experience, but you know, sometimes you can meet a woman who faced the difficulties and, and she had a, a way, her way, to, to break uh, uh, obstacles and, and she can inspire you because she looks just like you or she, she has some things in her life look just yours. So... Yes, okay, this is their definition of empowered women, but we do believe that first, empowered woman is, an empowering woman is a, is a daily life experience and, and beyond uh, policies, you know, um, implementing by uh, supranational organizations such as the UN or, or even governments, mm-hmm. it's first question of people who wants to build who want to build a better society Mm -hmm. definitely so what closing words do you have for our (laughs) listeners today we talked about so much (laughs) yeah what would you like to end with what would you like to end with Yes, I would like to say to all my Caribbean women and all my international boss ladies out there that you can, you just can and you just have to own and accept uh, your leadership, the potential that you have. And leadership does not always mean to be... uh, the person who posted the, the prettier Instagram pictures or, the, or, or, or being the, uh, you know, the most successful entrepreneurs, it just means that you accept to be powerful uh-huh. and you do not apologize for that. This is what I wanted to say to all the women out there that they are potentially all boss ladies. 
All right, ladies. So there you go. Be unapologetically you. Be brave enough to be yourself. You know, with time, one of the things I've learned is that the most difficult thing for, and I think women get this more than men. Some may agree, some may disagree, but it's just my position. I think the most powerful thing to do is be yourself. The most confident yeah, thing to be, be yourself. yourself. I think the most difficult thing to do is also be yourself. I think many women are afraid to be their true selves. They're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of what people will say, what people will think. They're living in these worlds where they believe they have to be a certain way and do a certain thing. But when you decide that you're just going to be unapologetically you, it's like, ah, oh, burden. Yes. It's, it's freedom. It's freedom, and it's and from from my ex personal experience, and from uh, the experience of uh, some of my female clients, I can tell you definitely when you begin to be unapologetic. Uh, excuse my my English. Unapologetically, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's not only the beginning of freedom, but it's also the beginning of success yeah it's very but, it's a very courageous act to be yourself and it's yeah, very it's hard true. for a lot of people i mean it's easy to judge and say oh you know be yourself be yourself but it's it's difficult because so much of our adult life is you know we 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 have to spend on learning some of the things we learn as children and that takes time if you're taught as a child that you're supposed to be like this and be like that it's very hard to just change so, and I think a lot of women experience that. Yeah. Yes, and this is why it's so important for Milan and I to showcase different role models, female role models, because what is uh, important for us women to understand is that we have to end up with this myth of the perfect woman. Mm -hmm. Perfect woman. This is killing us. This is tiring us, exhausting us. And if you're just being yourself, the best version of yourself, and competent enough to be a, a, a good professional and loving enough to be a good wife and mother, it's just enough. Mm. We have to stop competing with ourselves and. You know, I'm not saying that we don't have to seek uh, progress and evolution, but sometimes us women raise the bar so high that it's just exhausting for us. Let's mm -hmm. stop trying to be the perfect woman and let's just be us. Mm. Mm, good, good advice. Okay, now, where can we reach you, Axel? Can you give us your website, your social media, your email address, and all that good stuff, your contact? Yeah, you can reach me on CaribbeanBusLady.com and Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat too, CaribbeanBusLady. And for the podcast, it's called Objective Boss lady. Mm -hmm. and you can also I invite you to to read milencolmar.com Mylin's blog oh yes yeah. yeah she has a great blog about um, it's a Caribbean and all what's going on in the Caribbean so and she covers she covers all the countries I mean it's such an yes. extensive blog you you read it and you're just like wow okay you know, it's, a lot. it's a lot it's the kind of stuff that she writes about as well it's it's real Caribbean news it's not the kind of stuff you're gonna hear on 
Western media outlet. So it's, it's really good. And it's from her, it's from written in French, but you can always try and I've translated it to English. It's fine. And um, it's, it's very good. So I, I suggest it as well. My link. Yes. And this is what is interesting with Milan's blog, because it is a, a native Caribbean. Yes. Uh, analyzing and talking about, about Caribbean it. issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's a woman. And she's a woman and doing it. Woman. And mm-hmm. she has such a nice uh, way of putting things in perspective and, and to make people understand very easily the, the, some very difficult issues. Yeah. And uh, com is definitely a blog to read. Yes. I agree. So read it, read it, read it. Okay. And yeah. is there anything that you would like? Uh, maybe you're looking for something. You want to collaborate. You want to partner. You need help with something. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you for asking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at the end of the year, um, I'm going to launch uh, the the version two of CaribbeanVersLady.com who will become a f- Caribbean feminist pure player, meaning that uh, it's gonna be uh, we're gonna uh, um, be um, a media, a feminist Caribbean media in French to begin. But and we are, um, I am searching for uh, uh, you know journalists and blogger and content maker and creative people and people who are concerned by Caribbean feminism. Mm, so okay, you okay. can contact me at axel at caribbeanbosslady.com. Fantastic, brilliant. And before you go, Axel, I just want to say thank you so much for all of the work that you're doing. You're doing everything. You're being visible as a Caribbean woman, as a Caribbean woman who speaks French and English, and you're, you're doing so much work and connecting people and uh, all of those great things, all of those five things that the UN says defines us as a Caribbean woman. I think you, you've, you've, you've set the bar. You've done all of those things. So thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you for empowering us and inspiring us. And I hope to have you back on the podcast again soon to see what you're up to. With thank it. you, Joanne. This is me who has to thank you and being so kind with my English. <laughs> Listen, the fact of the matter is I only speak one language perfectly, okay? So I am not in a position to judge anybody that can speak two languages, or three languages, four languages. So for me, your English is fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. And thank you to the ladies who are, and, and, the, and the gentlemen also, who are listening to, to us and taking time to, to try to understand our vision of women empowerment in our region. And what I would like to, to end by saying is that the Caribbean deserve um, uh, daughters and sons who can give back. And yeah. this is my way to give back to the Caribbean by being an active Caribbean feminist. Absolutely. 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 Okay, Rare Ones. So that is it. You have heard from Axel about Axel and all of her projects. Please do reach out to her if you're interested in collaborating or partnering on the the various things that she's mentioned. And until next time, 
Bye for now. Bye.